Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Teacher Talks. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing newcomer teachers. So, I'm going to be interviewing my friend from Teachers College who is a newcomer from India. Her name is Serena. Welcome, Serena. Hi, Fatima. So, what are the differences between teaching in India versus Toronto? Uh, well, I think uh, when it comes to uh, the subject matter or the content, not much difference, but then the way in which we approach the content or the subject matter is really different. Um, in India, especially uh, when I taught, that was again a couple of years ago, it was more teacher-centric, but then there was a shift in the way things were um, you know, being approached. It was uh, shifting towards a more student-centric approach, but over here it's more student-centric and um, everything revolves around the students. Oh, okay. So in India, it's uh, it was shifting towards student-centric, but at that time it was more so, what was it, the focus on then? Um, it was, again, we focus, when you, like I told you about the content or the subject matter, not much difference because you, we follow a curriculum. Mm. And um, in India, we have to strictly stick to the curriculum and teach based on the curriculum and uh, even if you are teaching say you've two different sections to teach or you've uh, we've uh, three four different sections and four different teachers are handling those sections it's supposed to be taught in a similar way in all the four sections but over here it's it's all at the discretion of the teacher and the oh, teacher can you know okay. interpret and teach in his or her or their own way so that was one major difference i found over here mm. but in india you need to follow there's a strict um, what do I say, a criteria or right, a strict yeah. way of doing things mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, it's all about standardized testing, right? And right. if a question is asked in the exam, it, you should have addressed that in the classroom right, and right. Uh, you cannot have kids sitting there in, in the exam hall and like blinking and telling my, my teacher didn't teach or oh. we didn't do this part. So since it all boils down to standardized testing, everything has to be covered and based on certain criteria which is very different from what we do over here. And you know about that, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a bit flexible over here. Mm -hmm. That's what I think, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's so true, because like, uh, I'm thinking about it here as well. It's not, the main uh, end goal isn't a standardized test. It's really not. So there are some teachers where they'll pick and choose what content they're gonna cover, even if they can't cover something that is something that is part of the curriculum they can choose to not cover it still because at the end of the day it is at the discretion of the teacher. Um, can I add something to that? Sure, sure. So I think uh, this is a better way in some ways but then mostly it's better because um, teachers get to pick and choose what they want to do and they can probably uh, pay more attention mm -hmm. or you know have more uh, streamlined focus on a particular topic which they think would be relevant for the kids mm -hmm. but unlike if you're following a strict curriculum and you have to get things done mm -hmm. you know what uh, this after this this after this sometimes you're not thinking if this is really relevant in you know a day-to-day -day life mm. like some uh, concepts or some things that are taught are actually not relevant mm. kids would probably not use them you true, know they just study it for the purpose of the exam and then they're never gonna get back to it and but then over here it's different because you you get to uh, focus on things that are really important or maybe right. really relevant and right. I think teaching things that are which matter and are relevant in day-to-day -day life is what kids will remember and it's is yes. what is gonna help them in the future you know rather than just writing it or studying it for the purpose of the examination mm, that's a good point yeah um, so what can you say Canadian schools can learn from schools in India and vice versa 
Mm, I think um, schools in India, like I told you, there's a shift in focus which is happening right now where it's it was getting more student-centric and um, I have taught in India it's been almost seven eight years eight years now wow. since I stopped working um, so it's changed and I, I hear from my friends and my colleagues who were my colleagues back then yes. that this it's changing okay and yeah. um, this, uh, this it's changing more towards uh, focusing on students and rather than being a, a more teacher-centric classroom it's getting to a more student-centric classroom and in India, it's more, you know, we've had these gallery type of classrooms where the teacher stands right at the front and then, right. you know, you deliver the lecture, you have a class and then students are listening and they're taking down notes or it's, that's how it was. Right. I, I cannot tell you about how things are right now, but I'm, I assume it's changing. But then over here, it's more, you know, you don't have those rigid uh, distinct, you don't have a rigid distinction between the teacher and the students. T students are more open. They can, you know, interact right, with the yeah. teacher and yeah. they can, you know, immediately or at the moment ask a question or clarify a doubt, which is very nice mm -hmm. because I wish I had that kind of um, freedom or I wish I had, you know, that kind of, um, what, do you, what do you call that? Um, um, opportunities. Opportunities, yeah. yeah. I had that opportunity to interact with my teacher and clarify that out right there and then, right, or yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. ask more questions. But then that also depends upon, I think, uh, uh, the, the school culture mm -hmm. and the way things are uh, right from when you're a kid. Because when you're a kid and you, you get this thing that, okay, you've got the teacher there and she knows everything, and he or she or, you know, they know everything, and uh, sometimes... Um, kids back in, I mean, I w was scared to ask, question my teacher because right. I thought she knew everything. And that's how my parents, you know, have taught, told me that your teacher will know everything. But then now it's changing. Even with right, my son, yeah. it's different, right? You want them to ask more questions. So it's also a different in the way maybe um, the cultural or even the, how do you say, the... Yeah, difference in opinion back then and now. Mm. Uh, I think that's what probably back home they could adapt a lot more where right. you have more interaction between the students and teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one thing I think which could be brought in here is more, um, what do you say, uh, more structure. Like right, the way it right, is back right, home, it's, right. it's extremely structured. Sometimes I feel it's good to have structure because you'll know what you need to do and then you'll know what you need to move or look towards. If it's um, not very structured, then you're like all over the place. As a teacher, I feel I need structure in the right, classroom. Yeah, and yeah. also with the content and the syllabus that I'm doing, I need structure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know I'm contradicting my own self, but I say you should, should have the freedom of uh, doing, being able to do things which you want to do and you know let go of the things which are not relevant. I am, I'm contradicting myself over here, but then I think uh, there should be some amount of structure mm -hmm. and that would call for a revising, a revising of the curriculum right, back yeah. home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but no, but it's fair what you're saying though, because you're asking for a perfect uh, balance between the two, because it's not that you're contradicting contradicting yourself you kind of want a balance of what you're asking for um what do you think most uh locals in like toronto or canada in, in general don't know about newcomers to canada um i think they need to know that first and foremost it's not easy to mm. leave your country yeah. and um leave your comfort zone because right. where you are for many people who live in toronto who've grown up here, this is their home. They call this their home, right? right? And this is their comfort zone. And they can just, 
it's every every place around here is home for them they right. feel comfortable but for a person coming for a newcomer or an immigrant who's come here it's not so comfortable and you should just think about just pause and think about them for a moment that they are not comfortable where they are even though they look comfortable that right. doesn't mean they are comfortable right there's a lot going on inside them so just pause for a moment and think about what they have experienced or what they are coming from and then you know before we form judgments or before we come to conclusions just pause for a moment and think about it just keep put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. just imagine how would you feel leaving your mm-hmm. home and leaving your comfort zone and having to go and start a fresh in a new country just for a moment just keep yourself in your shoes and think about it mm-hmm. i think uh, a lot of times people you're right they don't put themselves in other people's shoes and just think what the thought process is they're just thinking of uh, others as like an enemy mind in like an enemy mindset but it's just like why not view them as someone like yourself even if they don't look like you like look f- try to find yourself in someone else you know yeah. i understand why it's hard because i can say that now mm-hmm. because i am experiencing it i've moved uh, we've moved to countries okay right. and uh, the first country we were in uh, thailand also i felt like an alien but then wow. i understand why people cannot feel it because till you experience it or till you have moved right to different places you you're not going to feel because it's mm. it's human nature right, right. you cannot ex- unless and until you've experienced it you cannot um, know how the other person feels so this well, is not just yeah. a case with immigrants with any person you know we see or any person going through anything in life it's very hard for us to relate to them until and unless you you were going through it right and i i think i would probably be the same but then now i'm talking like this because i know how it is right if i see another immigrant and i know every immigrant comes here with a story every immigrant has an interesting story to say mm-hmm. and every immigrant has a reason to leave their own home country right. right so i know that now i respect them for it because i am one of them mm-hmm. yeah it, it's that makes sense cuz um it's hard to relate to something you have an experience and That's to true. even understand it you're That's right true. very good um so then how do you socialize and build connections which is very important um it is um difficult it's not impossible though it yeah. is difficult yeah. now here i'd like to say that um most of my um social interaction before i started with oezy was with uh my son's um you know friends moms mm-hmm. and dads because you know uh immigrants from similar countries from countries okay same country i, I would not would not want to say similar countries mm-hmm. or same countries usually have this thing that they don't want they think people don't want to talk to them so Aww. they tend to you know clump together in groups true, true, and yeah. they have these groups where people from a particular country or from particular region of the world stick together right. and then you know they build they build a community around themselves and then they grow mm-hmm. so it's the same with me uh, uh my husband got busy with work and i was really lonely and i found uh, my son's school to be a good outlet outlet for me because i knew i would find someone there like me in a similar situation like me yes. and likewise yeah. i did find somebody like that there oh. and i f- have a lot of friends who are in in a similar situation like i am uh, but then um and then i think with that i interacted a lot more only with indians or people or, or south asians not anybody else mm-hmm. but then after um starting with oezy you know i've started interacting with people from different nationalities different people from different parts of the world and i think uh, it's just it's just a road 
it's just a mind block that uh, yeah. people have uh, which is I, I again I can relate to them because it's not easy maybe because of language because of a lot of other things people don't want to mm-hmm. open up it's difficult mm-hmm. but it's good though you persevered throughout despite it even uh, it, it's hard though because it's like it feels almost sometimes like one-sided like you're the one having to put yourself out there but I, I think when I'm watching you, you're very perseverant. It's very good to see. Oh, thank you, Father. <laughs> no problem. Um, what's it like moving with a family? Oh, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think about um, doing my coursework with a kid. Oh I, I just I just keep you know telling my. I can't even do it without a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep you know I just think about it what if we'd moved here before my son was born mm. it would just be my husband and me and it'd be more so, so it'd be so flexible to you know uh, just stay downtown and not having to think about a good neighborhood for a school mm. and having to commute to school just live downtown that's just a small thing mm. you know among all the other things that we have it's difficult it's hard but then if you have taken the decision of uprooting yourself and moving adjusting is just another aspect right and you have to do it when you when you uproot yourself and decide to move these are all things you sh- need to be mentally prepared for mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so then i'm gonna wonder what have you sacrificed and what have you gained uh through my journey yes through your journey yes. of um i've sacrificed uh, being able to spend time with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've sacrificed my friends. I've sacrificed, you know, being in my comfort zone, which right. yeah, yeah. was very um, important, do that. Like which can. was very important. Yeah. But then, you know what, Fatima, what I learned was, um, coming to your, the next part of your question, because I was out of my comfort right. zone, I learned a lot, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you are in your comfort zone, you don't really learn a lot. No, you don't, yeah. Because you are, you know, you know, you, oh, okay, I go here, I, have, I know someone there. I, my friend, you know, works there. So I can get all my work done quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know people, so you don't have to really struggle. But when you're out of your comfort zone, that's where you learn a lot. And I have learned this. Um, like I told you, we've relocated to different countries. And in Thailand, um, I realized how important it was, how la- important language was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just, that was my first experience. It completely threw me out of my comfort zone. But I learned quite a lot from there. And then when we moved here, starting my course with all of this you learn a lot and just staying out of your comfort zone teaches you so much which Mm -hmm. and and that's a good point because that's that's true for even anyone like when you push yourself to do something or be somewhere that you're not comfortable that is when you're growing as well that's true Mm -hmm. Uh, so based on your geographically diverse teaching perspectives what kind of teacher do you strive to be uh, I think I would want to be a teacher that obviously all teachers would want to understand and be open-minded mm-hmm. uh, because that, that's what a teaching profession calls for, right? right. You cannot have your fixed ideas and fixed no. values and walk into a classroom. No. And I think that especially holds good over here in Toronto when I'm teaching in Toronto because back home when I was teaching, I, I uh, had kids from different cultural backgrounds because India again is a very multicultural and multilingual country uh, or plurilingual country but then yeah yeah (laughs) but then uh, over here I think it I grew as a teacher but then I knew my kids okay I I know this kid I I can you know 
from his name or from their uh, thing, I could guess their background. And more or less, it was a very comfort, comfortable uh, feeling, okay? Right. I, I, was a, I was a class teacher for almost 40 kids and wow, wow. Uh, grade six. And I, right from the first two weeks, I, I got to know them and I knew they were like, you know, I could have that comfortable thing with them. And I know okay, if there's something that is going wrong, I, I know I could probably you know, think back and relate to their background and I could easily connect easily and connect, connect the dots. Yeah. But then over here it's different because there are people from different countries and all over the world and you have people with who speak so many different languages. Over here I think it's extremely important to be all the more open-minded right. and all the more understanding because in a class when you are standing there and when you are, you know, you know, in the position of being a teacher or the educator and you see so many kids in front of you, you need to be open-minded because you cannot, you know, think, okay, this kid, you cannot have any preconceived notions about them because no, you don't know yeah. what has ha actually happened in their life, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what, what was your question again? I think you, don't worry, you answered it perfectly. I asked, uh, what kind of teacher do you want to be yeah. based on, like, the yeah. diverse? Yeah, uh, so I think I would want to be open-minded. I would want to be um, understanding and I would, want to be patient a lot more a lot more yeah. yeah a lot more patient yeah that's that's exactly oh yeah. that's perfect then yeah i think uh being through experiences that really challenge you make you more patient yeah, that's true, and you right? should be with children they're yeah. children at the end yeah. of the day um so how would you support newcomer students how would you support them um i think i would um i personally would be in a better place to support them and understand them right. because uh when I'm planning my lessons, I always keep myself, you know, in the student's position because I think if I'm teaching a lesson, how would I understand it if I were a student? That's how I plan my lessons. Now, when I'm doing that, especially for a newcomer, I would be in a better position to understand it because being a newcomer myself mm -hmm. and uh, my kid going to school, I would want to, you know, there are certain ways I would want my son's teacher to do things. Mm -hmm. And I think I would try if not be successful, I would at least try to get to that level at least, you know, mm -hmm. a bit. So, um, and then one more part, I was think I was just thinking about this. Uh, so then, also based on your experience, what does a good school look like to you? A good school um, in Toronto. Mm -hmm. A good school is where you have uh, students from all walks of life right. and all backgrounds in a classroom. Right and not just, uh, you know, sticking around with your own groups. Right, or, I agree. Or, I definitely You know, agree having that, yeah. a group. You see, you walk into a classroom and you find kids sitting on their own individual tables or their desks, but then you have kids from different backgrounds talking and interacting with each other. Yes. You know, and not just talking about studies, you know, just talking and yeah, having a good laugh and, you know, yeah, it's just, just socializing mm. with people different than themselves mm. other than themselves or other than their own uh, community mm. that I think would be a sign of a good school for me because here especially more so than where I come from kids have ample opportunities to learn from different cultures right, which yeah. I think is very important because the way uh, the world is moving the way it's moving towards more being globalized and yeah. the way things are you know happening with internet and with all of these videos being shared and things, news traveling so quickly. It's very important for kids to be globalized and be multicultural, mm. okay? And uh, 
know about different cultures because you don't know see it's it's even a even a simple thing like you don't know where you're going to go and end up in the future right after your graduation you don't know where you're going to work you don't know you don't who, know anything you know don't, you don't know who you would even probably end up with yes so and yeah. you don't know it's so that is also going to i mean depend on also going to decide your future generations so i think it's important for kids to learn about different cultures and different communities at a young age mm. and grow up with it grow up with it yeah, yeah but then uh, that also goes to the parents right uh, parents also need to know that the world is getting more and more diverse it it's is, not yeah. it's not the same like the way it was 15 or 20 years ago it's getting more and more diverse so parents also should be open to their kids you know interacting and getting to know a lot more about other cultures other than themselves mm-hmm. yeah but that doesn't mean they don't know about their own cultures they need to know about their own cultures and other cultures Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This is the end of episode five, Newcomer Teachers. And also, thank you so much to Serena for letting me interview her. Now we both have to get back to class. Bye, guys.